Welcome to the Gamers Podcast. This is episode number 103. I'm your host, Evan Minto, and with me, as always, is David Estrella. At sign QX20XX on Twitter. And we have a returning guest this episode, returning to talk about basically the same thing he talked about before, but in more detail this time. It's Dave Carrera from Kawaii Kochans. Welcome back. Hey, what's up, guys? Uh, you got to finish what you started, you know? I knew I knew at the start that oh, man. this job had to be done. This, it had to. Yes. I was I was very open to finishing this. I feel like I, I am responsible. Like, I was trying to blame Evan for a lot of stuff, which I do think he is in in part to blame for a lot of things that went down in order to get this episode done. But it, I, I was also Thank responsible you. for being enthusiastic, uh, maybe even like just enabling the I, the notion that we would finish the new FLCL series. Yes. So, uh, so what we've been beating around the bush about is Dave came on the show on episode 97 to talk about the premiere, the first episode of Fully Cooly Progressive. And we had, a, I think, a pretty interesting conversation there about sort of, you know, obviously we couldn't talk about the details of where the show was going because we'd only seen one episode, but we kind of talked about the lead up to it and the, the fan conversation around it and, and our, you know, response to the first episode. But now Fully Cooly Progressive, aka Fully Cooly 2 and Fully Cooly Alternative, the third season, are both completely out and finished and so we brought dave on to finish the fight and talk about both of them <sighs> what i should say before we get started uh proper on the the fully coolie talk is we are going to spoil all three seasons of everything fully Cooly. all yeah of everything uh so if you haven't seen it uh and you as as we'll get to maybe you don't necessarily want to watch anything but the first season but if you actually are interested in seeing them before getting spoiled, please go check them out. I think they're, you can watch a lot of it right now on the Adult Swim site, actually, for free with ads. Like, I think half of it and, like, maybe the first three episodes of Alternative are, are like, free. You need a cable login. No, no. Without a cable login, you can watch all of Fooly Cooly 1, all of Fooly Cooly 2, or Progressive, and, like, all but the last two episodes yeah. of Alternative. And that's yeah. probably also just going to be, like, unlocked in, like, a, a yeah, few more yeah. weeks anyway. Anyway, with, with that said, I think actually where we should probably begin, because as we were talking about in the pre-show, uh, Fooly Cooly, the original series, is now almost 20 years old, is we should probably establish briefly... <laughs> For any new listeners or people who aren't familiar with it, what this thing is that we're talking about. explain what this show is like that was kind of like that's how that was, old we are wow it was like impossible to get away from flcl when it first yeah. came out it was like everybody watched that so yeah it was i think as we talked about in in episode 97 for years i think less so nowadays but like it was for kind of my generation it was the thing you would list next to like cowboy bebop and stuff as like the oh yeah shows like that you watch this watch. you watch cowboy yeah. bebop check this thing out yeah it was like cowboy bebop and like maybe evangelion and like fully coolie and there were a couple other shows, but those were like 
this sort of canon of people from my generation uh right. typically things that like aired on on tv yeah and i mean that definitely people, did help that yeah. it was like always airing and like rotation on tv yeah and that's that's what people know it from a lot most people i think know it from seeing it in the all the reruns that they did on adult swim and fully coolly is like a six episode it's a six episode ova co-produced by gynax and production ig though pretty much everybody just remembers it as a Gynax show because there's like a lot of it's like way more Gynax influence than like noticeable production IG influence on the show. No, that's kind of the same deal with like the late Ava stuff, isn't it? Like the wasn't like the movie also a co-production. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, was it? Yeah, IG was involved with End of Ava. Yeah, that they were doing some co-productions because also like a Benabashi, I think, is a Madhouse co-pro, if I remember correctly. So the like in that era, they were doing a bunch of that stuff. Probably because, uh, as the history of Gynax typically <laughs> indicates, they usually have money problems. So, <laughs> the slow detachment and disappearance of Gynax like starts to happen during this point, mm-hmm. and then like you know with the news that they're doing like a shitty maid show, um, the nerds like went up in arms around 2004. Or so, oh, you're talking about Maharomatic. <laughs> No, no, Maharomatic was early. There was like a really shitty maid show after that. He is my master. Is there them, we right? go. Yeah. Oh, and boy. then it was like and then it was like my prestige productions. Yeah. And from there Gynax sort of faded and faded and faded until of course Trigger came along and people started calling them Gynax instead, no matter how many times you corrected them. <laughs> yeah, they knew that Gynax show, Kill a Kill, that did happen a lot. Yeah. Yeah, so Fooly Cooly is I think I'll say for me, it is it is mostly remembered as like i think we talked about this in the last episode as like an animator showcase and uh i didn't really remember most of the actual plot of it like it's it's like a coming of age story with a bunch of really cool atmosphere and animation and just like you know design and the older older i get like the less i actually need like all like the themes and stuff that are in the in flcl it's like yeah, I'm pretty much just remembering at this point, like, the, the technical work that went in it. Not so much, like, how it affected me, all the imagery and the symbolism and all that. Well, I, I think, though, I'll, I'll say something that's going to tie into what I'm at least going to talk about with the, the two new seasons is that, like, I, I don't think it's purely just the technical stuff for me, but, but there's, like, there's, like, an atmosphere and a sort of emotion to it. But it's not necessarily, like, strictly a, a plot thing. Like, it's, it's, not a, it's not like a... I don't remember yeah. all the story beats. I remember kind of generally that it gives you this this feeling. And then, you know, I went back and, and rewatched some of it and I was like, yeah, it's not really it's not really like putting together this super tight story. It's giving you a bunch of characters and a bunch of kind of vague emotions that it and things that it doesn't always explain. And then it's kinda like, that's it. It's supposed to make you kind of feel like it's a coming of age thing. It gives you that general feeling. It's a series of situations, is how I would put Furry Curry. And yeah, like I watched it when I was like a, a late teen and it resonated deeply with me because as a late teen, you're nostalgic for being 13. And as you get older and older, um, it doesn't work the same way. But for me, it's like for me, it's like double nostalgic because I'm nostalgic for being nostalgic watching for curry. But at the same time, it's like really burned into my brain hard. So I haven't felt a need to rewatch it in at least like a couple of years Oof, or so. Yeah, no, I was like rewatching that like maybe once or twice a year in like my worst <laughs> in my, my worst years of adolescence but like now i can't even tell you like how many years it's been 
remember when access was just impossible and you watched the same two or three TV shows? Yeah, yeah. No, that was like, that was me. Like, I had like Ghost in the Shell, I had like Akira and FLCL, and that was it. That was all I watched. Yeah, and like my Lane, my Serial Experiments Lane DVDs. And like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I just watched like three or four TV series, and that was about it. But that was like, that was like late 90s, early 2000s anime fandom. That was, you know, what you got. Um, so yeah, it's almost inherently nostalgic to talk about Furry Curry. So that kind of brings us to the the sequels, which are, you know, pretty clearly, I think, the result of the fact that a lot of people did grow up watching it and have this fondness for it. And obviously there was like, it was very popular on Adult Swim, and then Production IG was able to get the rights. And so Adult Swim and Production IG made two new seasons that aired this year on Adult Swim and also had like a Japanese, I think, uh, Dave, you were saying, I, I didn't realize this, that they both showed as movies, not on TV in Japan. The commercial that I saw was for like a theatrical marathon run mm. of both series in a row okay. that you Whoa, would go to. Oh, that's painful. And yeah, like especially remember Progressive is second in the Japanese order. Right, it goes in like a different order. So that's a tough, that's a tough movie watch. But um, <laughs> as far as I know, that's how they did it. Okay. Uh, yeah. I don't know if they aired it on television or anything. I would wonder what Japanese TV channel would want to run for Ikari. Yeah, considering it wasn't it. really popular in Japan at all. It was not Probably popular the same one that's doing Senran Kagura. <laughs> oh, I think that's um, that's like subscription cable, right? Probably, like a Wow Wow or something. I actually, I watched an episode of that on CR because I was like shocked that they had an uncensored yeah. thing. <laughs> and I was like, really? Huh, you don't have a TV cut? Like, that's odd. And it's one of those shows where, you know, when they only, when the, the like the whole TV show just exists for animators to draw nude shots, like they couldn't do it before. <laughs> and like the rest like the entire rest of the show is like the most shoddily animated we didn't care direction with like horrible fight scenes and so on but the moment like a top comes off for six frames it is pristine amazing animation oh, yeah. of that that's the real sakuga <laughs> so that's my yeah that's my capsule review of senran kagura the anime episode one uh let's move along yeah so anyway what i was gonna say is just that uh in terms of the, the staff, there's very little overlap. I think intentionally, but I'm not sure how intentionally they claim intentionally between the original and these sequels. Literally, the only overlap that I uh, was able to find is Kazuya Tsurumaki, the series director for the original Fooly Cooly, is supervision, which means supervision. probably not very much, right? But he was like somehow involved. They probably email him like the yeah. AVI file and he doesn't <laughs> reply back, so yeah. it's fine. <laughs> And uh, the original character designer, Yoshiyuki Sadamoto, which there's an interesting note there, which is I did an interview with the character designer for Progressive, Chikashi Kubota, who he like adapted Sadamoto's character designs. And he kind of talked about how in the original, so like Sadamoto, people know as the designer of Ava, right? So he has these very distinctive designs. And um, Kubota talked about how like the... Designs you actually see on screen in Fooly Cooly are are adapted by Tadashi Hiramatsu, who like put so much of his own influence into them that they become like almost unrecognizable <laughs> as Sadamoto designs. Mm -hmm. uh, and like yeah, pe people might know Hiramatsu nowadays, I think, because he's like the character designer for Yuri on Ice. And it it is really interesting how 
just completely like they don't really look like Sadamoto designs. And so an interesting note on both of the new ones, it's that without Hiramatsu, you kind of realize how much the Fuli Kuli look was Hiramatsu and not Sadamoto when you have like Sadamoto designs filtered through two new people who didn't work on the original. Whenever you see like promo Sadamoto art for Furry Curry, including the new promo art that he did, it's kind of like shocking because it's like, oh, was that what the character design was? Right. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> He's right, but huh. <laughs> I mean, I, I do think Sadamoto is, pro- is one of those designers who seems like he's like relatively difficult to adapt properly. Kind of like uh, mm-hmm. like Abe, like Yoshitoshi Abe. Yeah. Where he's like got a very soft illustration style that can be sort of difficult to bring over to anime. But I guess the Gainax people like worked with him enough that they knew how to adapt it. Right. Because they did. They've done it really well. Right, because like when when you see his designs on like an old guy next show, it's like, oh yeah, this is clearly him. Yeah, I guess some people know how to do it, but I could see him being difficult to adapt. Like, and and his designs are like you're saying, Dave, pretty much unrecognizable in the actual animation of Fooly Cooly Progressive and Alternative, except for maybe like Haruko. But the animators have Hiramatsu reference footage to use for Haruko, right? They know what Haruko looked like when she right. was animated previously. <laughs> And even Haruko, and this is like both the plot lines of both of these shows and also the inconsistent production of both of these shows, even Haruko looks like different scene to scene, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. which is kind of a weird thing where like the plot and the production are clashing, where it's like, oh, no, Haruko's supposed to be changing, like in Progressive. Yeah, she almost looks like a different character at times. But, like, some of the cuts are so weird that it's like, oh, <laughs> that is somebody else. No, wait, did they fuck up? Yeah. <laughs> so so we're talking about Haruko here, who's kind of the main through line through all of Fooly Cooly, uh, for, for those of you who may not have seen it before. And uh, basically, like, the original show is pretty much like a surreal sci-fi. They're all basically these, like, so- somewhat surreal sci-fi um coming of age stories and haruko is like this alien who comes to earth and basically just like fucks with these kids uh in various forms yeah she's the puberty alien basically yeah in fact if you describe haruko as what she is it's really awkward (laughs) because she pretty much is just like a 19 year old a forever 19 which they say 19 uh, yeah. forever 19 year old alien girl who comes down to earth like pretty much to like sexually tease children yeah and i think that's that's an interesting contrast point actually now that we're talking about it uh because you know especially it's just the the contrasts are, are very stark when when you actually rewatch the original fully Cooly back to back with these shows which i did it seems like that's not actually the core part of haruko's character in the original but it is basically what alternative and progressive decide is what she's all about specifically like she shows up and then like gets these kids to like teaches these kids how to grow up whereas like i i didn't even realize this until i went back and rewatched it but it's like that's not kind of, it's more like the original it's like more like she's just there and inadvertently the main because of her influence the main character learns to grow up she's not like a mentor she's actively working to her own ends in the original and she's also working to her own ends in progressive mm-hmm. 
but it's also like the pushing the kids is a lot more deliberate. Yeah, she she seems like much more like this mentor character in the the especially in both of them, basically. especially in alternative. Yeah, yeah, where she's alternative, she's like full big sister, and mm-hmm. that's it. Um, in any case, Haruko's goal in all three of these series is effectively. And this is where the surreal sci-fi stuff comes in. All these kids are like special puberty kids who can um, have things come out of their heads. Like this is the sci- this is like the weird sci-fi lore that yep. runs through the show that you can teleport things through places, and one of them happens to be like a horny teenager's head. That's science. Fine. Uh, thematically, it works in the original. But it feel it's such a weird premise that it feels forced doing sequels on such a bizarro <laughs> idea. Yeah, I mean the the thematic thing that that works with it pretty well is is yeah, it's like an ob everything in the original Fooly Cooly is like a very obvious metaphor, right? So it's like it's it's just an obvious metaphor for sort of like both libido and generally just teenage angst and feelings. Like, oh I can't control it and it pops out of my head and I don't know what's gonna happen, right? And that's Haruko's goal is to make pubescent kids do that. I remember um, there was, again, I can't place or source this interview, but I believe there is a part where a staffer, there is an interview where a staffer said, like, something to the effect of, well, when you go back and look at Furry Curry, you can't really have situations with a, with a young boy and an older girl like that anymore in a series so um we kind of cut it back a bit and if you think about some of the stuff that happens in original furry curry it's kind of like it's pretty dicey yeah yeah (laughs) yeah it gets pretty dicey there's like there's like two there's two particular scenes where it's like wait a second but anyway (laughs) moving along so i guess we should start now that we've covered furry curry and what it's about which is boner popping kids (laughs) um popping robots out of their heads there are fights there are big robot fights very cool robot fights in the original fully cooly so they decide to make a sequel to this kind of singular work. Two and sequels. Of course, yes, two sequels. Um, a prequel and a sequel. And people were kind of understandably like, huh, yeah. about it. And so were we when we watched the first episode of this, so we don't need to go too far past that. They showed us animation. There wasn't like a teaser where it's like, hey, here's just some key art. They actually did show us like... They showed a trailer at AX, I think, is might have been where they first showed it. I, 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 was, right. I remember being in the room. And yeah, it was a trailer with a bunch of the best shots from Progressive and Alternative. And like the trailer looked kind of cool yeah like the actual best shots even then like i wasn't like i knew something was off just like from the way it looked but even those are still somehow, somehow the best yeah. shots well yeah and i even remember time. at the time right like like the action shots people were like oh these look pretty cool like some of the effects animation but then when they showed actual character shots it was like ooh. so i guess let's talk about progressive first that was the one that aired on tv first week by week and i was so disappointed at the end of progressive 
that I didn't watch the next series, Alternative, until I had to watch it for this <laughs> podcast. Yeah, so, I mean, what Progressive seems... And we'll... we'll this is going to be the thing, is, like, we... I don't really know what Progressive is trying to do, but what it seems like it's trying to do is just kind of take the basic premise of the original and then be like, well, what if it was a, a girl instead and she's like goth and depressed and wears headphones all the time. And so it's like the equivalent of kind of the like swing the bat thing in the first season, which is uh, this metaphor for the main character. You know, he's, he carries a bat around, but he never, when he plays baseball, he never actually swings at anything. Right. And so it's this metaphor for like, taking initiative in your life and so it's, it's kind of like got this whole thing with this girl who kind of similarly is just stuck in her own head right and wears these headphones all the time and it's kind of just trying to do the same basic thing where like haruko is forcing this girl out of her comfort zone and also is fighting aliens but it really doesn't like it has too many different pieces it tries to introduce like another alien to conflict with haruko too many characters right there's too many kind of side characters going on Way too like, many. <laughs> It really, like, it really shows how much, how much more focused the original was. There's too many people. It's trying to do, it's trying to do way too much at the same time in six episodes. And also, and I said this in my own article, you know, about Furry Curry 2, and I'm just going to repeat myself if yeah, you guys don't sure. mind. Furry Curry, like, gets being a 12, being a 12 or 13 year old, like, depressed, pre-pubescent boy. It doesn't really get the girl at all. It kind of stays out of it stays out of her head, and mostly just kind of watches her via the boys in the class. And even though she's the main character of the series, we should like we we're told what's going on with her via some dream sequences, which are abstract and basically just add up to her kinks, and not really like anything beyond that. Um, there's kind of, you know, there's a little bit of an adolescent breakdown at the end of the show where she says, I'm mad about the X and Y, but throughout the show, you don't really get the feeling of being there with her. And so since you're not there with her, since you're not there with her, like the journey can't really like resonate in any particular way because you're just with these kind of dorky for edible boys gawking at her from a long way, which is the other weird thing. Cause like the show does kind of gawk at Hidomi yeah. who's 13 yeah. and, um, <laughs> And that becomes weird. Like she is the uh, she's the Sundari princess at the uh, the the coffee ca the cafe that she works at, and there, there's a bunch of old guys who come in to be insulted by her. Um, I, and it's like I think there's a, there's another big thing that that bugs me about Progressive that I think Alternative gets more a little more right in the original Fooly. I know I'm it's a lot of comparing to the original, but like in the original Fooly Cooly, you get the sense that Haruko is like doing her own thing. And Naota, the main character, is kind of, he's inconvenienced by it, and it's, like, affecting him. It's like you're in his head, and he's watching this stuff happen, and, and he's being getting involved in it kind of inadvertently. What's strange about Progressive is it feels like it's just being a normal anime, and they're like, and then what if Haruko showed up and started messing oh. with this scene? Right? See, but that's it, how I felt about Alternative. Like, it feels like she's like a wild card they're just throwing in the middle of the show, which is not the way that she operates exactly in the God. original. It's like a misunderstanding of the character. I think both shows are very guilty of just slamming Haruko into normal narratives. Um, I liked the way they did an Alternative. I guess we'll get to Alternative. But Progressive, like, the way they pull it off is... Like, I hated, and we mentioned this, her first appearance where... 
it's just like a character kind of working up the crowd and oh it's haruko from 20 years ago remember her she kind of slams into every scene in progressive like this and you're supposed to just like kind of clap for her being there i guess and her, you know you're like having recognized her and <laughs> yeah and like the class the classroom literally claps like a seal every time she appears and um I just so I just I just thought of something um, a more specific I guess way of of talking about what we what we just mentioned here, which is like because I was just watching I think episode three of the original Fooly Cooly, and like that there's like a scene in that that's very similar in the way of like you know just throwing Haruko in as a wild card, but I think it's like it speaks to how that show actually kind of manages to integrate it in a way that makes sense, where it's like. Uh, Naoto is she's coming to like pick him up so he's, he calls her because she's like his their housekeeper or whatever and so he's like oh my housekeeper is coming right and then she shows up and she's like flipping all the cars over or whatever because she's driving so crazily right and then it's like this whole comedic scene so it, it like works because it's like established why they're why like she's in the scene and that happens a lot in progressive mm-hmm. like, she doesn't have the same kind of relationship to Hidomi and so what ends up happening is it's just like they're doing something, and then they're like, whoa, why is our teacher here? She's doing something uh, crazy. <laughs> like, it's every single episode is that. That, I couldn't tell you how often that happened, <laughs> yeah. actually. like, Because Alternative is the one that I was, like, more paying attention for. But it was, like, every time that Haruko would have to show up, like, one character would always be like, what's Haruko yeah. doing here? And then, like, the thing that made it worse is, like, yeah. somebody else would be all like, I don't know, I don't care. <laughs> and it's like... They're trying to like big up like Haruko is like, yes, this character is here, this character that we all worship. And, you know, we were, this is our homage to this character. Meanwhile, I'm thinking like, I actually just don't care. Like, it is so unearned every time that Haruko shows up. That's how I felt about it. Unearned in a word. Unearned. Like, that's pretty much these two series from beginning to end. Like, Haruko in the first series... Sideways pan to Wily Kaya. Like, Haruko in the first series is, like... It, it makes so much more sense for her to, like, just be involved and in stirring up shit. Like, this time, it's, like... it. Every time that Haruko shows up on screen, I like I feel like I'm, like, looking at, like, this Jared Leto Joker character where it's, like, <laughs> stop! Just, like, <laughs> settle down! Especially in Progressive... There's so many scenes where, like, it's like even for Haruko, you're kind of overdoing you're it. You're doing Haruko. it so hard. Yeah. But alternative is also, or alternative is absolutely also guilty. Of it's it. it's it's interesting because it's it seems like what they're really missing is like they're trying to get a similar, like I said, a kind of similar setup where Haruko is sort of influencing this teenage girl and no, getting her out like of her comfort copy. zone. They basically but, copy all the setups. Right. But but what they but what they don't yeah. do in addition to what you said, Dave, about not not getting you inside of Hidomi's head is they really just don't establish a relationship with Haruko. So it's like really hard to care about how she relates to this main character because she is just thrown in as like, it's time for an action scene, bring in Haruko. But like, you don't get the sense that there's a relationship, even like a dysfunctional one, like in the original series. Right. But there's like nothing really there. She's just, she's just flavor thrown on top of the story. And as a result, they, Though I guess this is analogous to Mimi in the original series, but they do have a crush character for the heroine, but again, because they're not inside yeah, yeah. her head or like don't particularly care about how like Hidomi thinks about the matter, this guy is like the most white bread, boring <laughs> ass motherfucker. And we're supposed to think he's like incredible. Yeah. And because they show his abs like three times in the show, and that's like it. And I think that if you did that 
Like, if you did that reverse gender with a Moe character, like, you just had a Moe character who everybody was nuts for because you saw her boobs <laughs> twice, I think that... <laughs> You know, like two times ever. Like this is uh, what you want, right? You pig. And like, it's like the basis of a lot of light novels. It feels it feels that way with Eden. Yeah, it's good enough for a light yeah. novel. It's good <laughs> enough true. for like the premise of an entire long running series, isn't it? Hey, your sister is a perfect genius. <laughs> she's top the she's top the light novel charts, and she's the biggest movie star in the country. Uh, she started modeling. She's number one. She's number one at modeling, and um, she can beat Dodon Pachi <laughs> oh, yeah. one coin. So. She's really like the best little sister ever. You better marry her now. Yeah, but that, that is a really good point, though. If you were trying to establish it, there should be scenes where it's like you as a viewer kind of go like, oh, he's pretty great, right? Like you have you want to believe that she has a reason to like him, right? Like like you said, like seeing it from her perspective. Yeah, and that's like not even a priority for the right. writers over here. The priority is just like just to work in as many callbacks to the old to the old series. Well, maybe the screw up is so yeah, memorable. Yeah. Right? She's great. Like it's easy to see it's easy to see why he likes her, even though she's a mess, or because she's a mess. You can't see that across the way about like honestly, the appeal of let's expand beyond Ida and just say that None of the characters beyond Hidomi herself have any particular appeal. Right. Like, what is like up the, with all of her classes? Like the overseas brother from the original series is more memorable than like <laughs> any of like the named like characters that actually show up repeatedly. Yeah, because like he establishes in like two power moves that he's just a scumbag. Right? <laughs> <laughs> just, like, mark made yeah i mean he sticks out in my head because he's like that he's like that vital component and like but was originally like some sort of love triangle thing that was like kind of messed up and you know that's part of the arc and it contributes to mamimi growing up and like actually being able to move on oh the guy was a shitbag got it yeah i mean basically the, the classmates unless i'm forgetting somebody which is possible because there's really not a lot of memorable characters in progressive but yeah there's the there's basically ide's classmates right uh, his his friends they they definitely try to establish something with like like one of them is just completely forgettable with marcos or something whatever his name is marco. Marco. marco yeah guy number marco guy number three token token brown um <laughs> up here has like one scene right. the only one they really try to establish anything with is uh uh let's see i have I had to take notes on these because I don't remember anybody's names. Like Goro, Mori, whatever. Who's the uh, heavy dude who wears dude. like a skirt and it's like a big joke in the first episode. But like surprisingly tasteful joke. And he's like, check out my cool skirt. Like. Yeah, like they actually don't, they don't make fun of it the way you yeah, would expect. Yeah, it's not like so. a, it's, it's not like a cross-dressing yeah, yeah. joke or any, or a transphobic joke or any of that kind of thing. It's just literally a guy who walks into class and says, check out my sick skirt. Yeah, and he's like <laughs> and proud of it like, and it's cool. Okay. And it's like, yeah, all right. And he's like, <laughs> Yeah, whatever. You can't get me on this. Well, too bad he's not Jaden Smith. Um, this is also a point about Furry Curry Progressive. Um, Furry Curry Progressive will be like good for twenty or thirty seconds right. at a time, <laughs> and the skirt bit, the skirt bit is like one of those, and then it immediately like jumps, it falls back into a doldrums. It'll have like a spark that it never follows up on for the entire rest of the show, and then it'll go back to being about the dull stuff that it's actually about. Because while we can say that, and it is a repeat of the first story, somehow the things that are actually happening on screen are incredibly more boring. <laughs> I, I'll say actually that that character, uh, don't, I 
forget his name already but the the skirt guy uh he he is involved in one other scene that actually did stick out to me that was like 30 seconds long and was actually good which is uh we're we're gonna spoil it but basically it's the uh when he's got like his girlfriend on the in the beach episode her name is Aiko and she's like being all super sweet or whatever and then he takes her back to the train and then like someone was doing some really nice like goofy character animation on it where she switches over and she's and like he paid her for a date and now she's just like give me my money and i'm charging you overtime and it's like it actually gets kind of funny and like the animation oh yeah the part where she fun. gives him the check yeah yeah <laughs> yeah that part of the, the train platform is really fun and again like 30 seconds at a time and that's why that's like one of the reasons i say like you know bad despite good intentions because i think there were like good intentions and like an intent to kind of do right by the original work that got absolutely muddled by the amount of characters and to an extent the amount of lore that they try to pursue because this show also hints this show also progressive unlike alternative hints really hard throughout at as it is a sequel to being connected to furry curry but as far as you can tell by actually watching the show the connections are extremely like superficial at best once they're finally revealed there's a lot of build up to like effectively dot 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 oh okay it, these the the not earth the non earth shattering revelation that a character is like the is like the son of a minor character from yeah. Free yeah, yeah. where <laughs> like you can tell they were they were like thinking like oh this will be cool for the fans but like they play it up like it means something and it's just like no like that was the guy with the with the seaweed no. eyebrows we knew yeah yeah <laughs> it's just a, like another entry in like a wiki for this, ser- this series that doesn't need a wiki like right. that they even try to work in like lore and mechanics and like actual laws to this thing it's how like, this, is the robot coming through the teen's head well and granted i mean may- maybe like you might be misremembering but like the the original does you know give a few words to it it doesn't it doesn't completely gloss over it but it's not like i think it's the right amount where it's like some flavor text right and it doesn't yeah yeah and it's like oh yeah she opens a time space continuum thing and pulls a robot out right and it's like okay you don't don't need to go into like a full full death like uh, speculation article it's like all all the connections right they'll see like actual science we want the um we want the flavor text not so much the scene where if i'm not mistaken like a robot actually goes up to like an orbiting space postal factory or something like that oh yeah to be shot into kids heads and it's like guys don't don't think this out too unless you're gonna do that well like don't bother with it there's you know it, it it says something that there's a joke in uh in the first episode i think of fooly cooly of the original fooly cooly where uh Naota mentions that his dad published like a zine or something all about the the hidden meaning in Evangelion or something. And it's like, oh, yeah, like yeah, in yeah. their show, they're making fun of the people who take their shows and like try to find hidden meanings in them. Which is like Hideaki Anno's literal existential hell. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> it is the reason he is depressed now. That is definitely a big thing that that bugs me about it is and and again the contrast is really stark when you put it back to back with the original and it's like wow yeah the original doesn't even like really 
go into any detail about this stuff until like the end of the show. It spends most of it just being like, hey, there's this alien girl. Weird stuff happens when she's around. Anyway, let's have fun with this premise. Those obnoxious aliens. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> it is uh, when I, I that actually never occurred to me until I rewatched it because I hadn't back when I first saw it. I didn't even like know what Urusei Yatsura was. But now I'm like, oh, of course, it's like an obvious Urusei Yatsura. That didn't occur to me on. until you said that sentence. I was like, oh, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> this girl is living in, yeah, this alien girl is living in my house and she fucks up my shit all the time. <laughs> like, yeah, it's, well, that's what that's what the title would be if Urusei Yatsura came out today. Yo, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> this book is selling off the charts. Yeah. A big thing that's missing in both of these, but especially in Progressive, as we keep saying, is just like they don't really have fun with it. Which is like, that's mm-hmm. that to me, that's core to Fully Cooly, is they were like, hey, we got this kind of weird premise. There's going to be some actual plot or whatever in this, but really we're just going to have a lot of fun with it. We're going to just make it like a fun ride. And I think they even, um, I was just looking at like a quote from an interview where um, I think they actually said that they specifically tried to like Sudamaki tried to to direct it the way that he would direct like a music video or something right where like the the pacing of it is is not it's not paced like a regular anime it's not like shot like a regular anime it has this kind of manic pacing where like lots of stuff is going on all the time mm-hmm. and like once I read that and and rewatched some of it I was like oh yeah like I never even really noticed that but it has that that very different feeling to it and I think that's like a core thing about both progressive and alternative is they are regular anime with haruko in them (laughs) right like they don't have that same sense of fun and pacing to them right think of the way that the pillows music is used in furry curry the reason it's so memorable is that the action is literally paced to it Mm -hmm. um in two and three and they're both guilty of this the pillows music is simply used as random score it just kind of yeah. is. Honestly, like Last Dinosaur is like you only use it once. Yeah, you can't use it. Last like, Dinosaur three times. was used like yeah, yeah. <laughs> I actually don't know the like, the song titles. So which like, one is that? Is that the one with like? Okay. Yeah. That wasn't super helpful, but thank you, Dave. No problem. Anytime. It's the no Last Dinosaur is the one that plays in the climax. What I got like the feeling I got is that like most of the people working on this like they don't. Most of the time, it feels like they don't even want to be there. Like, they're just kind of phoning it in. A lot of the animation feels that way. See, I'm not sure about that. And I know that sometimes, like, what can feel like people not caring is actually, like, the result of all sorts of other things, right? You know what I Mm -hmm. mean? Like, bad animation doesn't necessarily mean the animator didn't care. Yeah. (laughs) Because, I mean, I talked to Kubota, right? And he's my only real touch point into this. But, like... I mean, when I asked him about what he thought of Fooly Cooly, and this is like the character designer, not a producer, you know, he was speaking pretty candidly. I don't think he was trying to just like fluff it up. I mean, he said like, it's my Bible. It was like inspirational to me when I first saw that when I was younger. It's like part of, you know, what inspired me to to do animation and work at Gynax and stuff, right? Some of those, some of those guys, I think, cared a lot. Yeah, but I think it's because of the way that it's structured where it's like you get stuck with having to like animate the... Uh... Uh, the interactions between like these two uninteresting teenagers kind of not confessing their love for each other then like you're what are you gonna do yeah i think a lot of the problems begin and end not so much with like the character designs but the characters themselves who are really not compelling 
Well, and I think probably the the script is not giving like these animators enough opportunities to mm-hmm. to play around, right? I mean, and, really, if we want to poke holes in the in the furry curry progressive boat, like there's a lot of them. It's losing water all over the damn place. There's probably also something to be said for getting, like, I would assume a fair number of the people working on it, like, at least the key staff, were fans of Fooly Cooly. Because I, I, the only people I think that actually wanted to work on this were probably the pillows themselves. No, I, no, I mean, I think music. that I think that somebody like Kubota <laughs> probably did want to work on it. Like, I think I might have made this reference in in the last episode about this, but like. I think Fooly Cooly is kind of like uh, in Japan is maybe like the Velvet Underground, which is like the old joke where it's like uh, almost nobody bought their records, but everyone who did started a band. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, like I, I do think that like a lot of animators are big fans of Fooly Cooly in Japan. Right. I mean, I know like the I've talked to the the trigger, some of the, the younger trigger guys about it who didn't work on it. And they're they were huge fans of it, like before working at Gynax. Right. So it's like I think there were a lot of people who kind of like who were animators who were inspired by it. And I think they probably hired a fair number of people who like cared about it. But I think there's probably a weakness too, to hiring people who are fans of it. Uh, and it, it, and if those people aren't necessarily talented enough all the time to kind of like come up with new ideas and all they can do is ape what they are a fan of. Like if all it took was like, just to be a fan of something to like make something good, then like fan fiction would be <laughs> like, we would all be reading it. Cause it'd be so much better than the source. And it's weird though. Cause, cause as a, like I I'm not a big fan of Kubota's designs for progressive. Some of them are, are kind of good, but like he's like a pretty good animator and designer too. So it's not like he's bad, but I don't I don't know. It's just like it didn't work so well when when brought into Fooly Cooly. <laughs> it's funny that the one called Progressive is overstuffed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, cuz it's like it's prog rock. Yeah. It's like it's supposed to be operatic. Well, prog and, rock like, needs massive. a little room to breathe too. Let's move on to alternative. So alternative, I actually like, like, you know, I'm, I'm generally, generally did not enjoy progressive. And I would say I generally enjoyed alternative, but it's like nowhere close to, you know, my, how much I love the original or anything, but it was like a decent, it was like, oh, parts yeah, of this are good. actually kind of enjoyable. Like, yeah. I didn't dislike it at all. I, and I didn't want like, you know, comparable to furry curry. Cause I didn't think anybody was, I don't <laughs> think the sequel to furry curry is going to be comparable to furry curry because like, that's yeah. not how things like furry that curry was a get once made. in a lifetime. Yeah. Thing. The, the only, the only thing you'd be able to do, I think I mentioned this before I keep repeating myself, but like the only, the closest thing you could do is just have trigger make it, but then it would just be the same thing. So why do that? Just let them make new things. Why not just, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Why not let just everybody make new things? Why not move on from the 20 year old three hour show? But that being said, I think alternative is a pretty good three hour show. Uh, in that same universe. It's not a fantastic show. It's not an epic-making show. But it was fun. That feeling, that general that general feeling of fun and joy um, is something that's really absent from Progressive because Progressive is so gloomy. And one of the mm. reasons Progressive isn't exciting in the furry curry way is that not just that it's about a gloomy girl, which it is. It is about a gloomy girl. 
You remember, Naoto's pretty gloomy in the original, right? But they yeah. still make it fun. They didn't have a beach episode, though. Yeah, there's they a have fucking a, beach they episode. They had a gloomy beach episode, too. Um, it's more like nothing is happening. Like, yeah, yeah. In progressive in general, it's moving slow. They Alternative is completely new, new staff, completely different people who do it in a very different style that is clearly not trying to directly ape Furry Curry. In the way the progressive is. When I thought of the idea of a modern sequel to Furry Curry, this was what I saw in my head, which is like more modern designs, teenagers, like that kind of thing. Yeah, and it, and ra- like rather than try to be like, all right, here's a gloomy teenager and, and Haruka's going to whip her into shape, it instead is like, okay, here's a teenager and her three friends, and like they actually are not gloomy. They're like having fun as teenagers. And then, you know, there's still, like, a coming-of-age thing, and the main character grows up and, like, learns about herself. But, frankly, like, as much as they're not, like, the most, you know, the best characters, but they, like, the four main girls in it have actual personalities. They actually have, like, a pretty fun rapport together where they, like, genuinely feel like real friends. And so it actually becomes kind of fun to watch them hang out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're likable. And for having only six episodes, the characters in Alternative have like a surprising amount of room to breathe. And that's probably because, like, unlike Progressive, they're not choking under the weight of sub-characters. There mm-hmm. aren't two Harukos. Like, they're not dealing with everybody's immediate family and their friends and their high school teachers. And by keeping and their the... fake girlfriend. Uh... Yeah. Oh my god, they're compensating <laughs> girlfriends. And yeah, like they keep the they keep the camera, so to speak, pretty tight on those four characters. And even though one doesn't get attention, the one character not getting attention turns out to be like a really clever curveball for the finale of the show. Yeah. Which when I first watched it, I was like, well, why didn't they get into, you know, anything with this character who they're suddenly hooking it on? And then you realize they were very, very quietly um, building up exactly what she does, which is leave the crew. And um they had been doing it the whole time, really. And, like, the joke was not just on the on the uh, the viewer, but on the main character. Like, you weren't paying attention. You weren't actually paying attention. And um, that character's whole arc, I thought, was, like, a really clever, quiet move on their part. Which is, um, do you mind if I just slam to the end and talk about pets? Yeah, go ahead. I actually didn't notice all the subtle stuff you're talking about that they were like setting so, it up okay. earlier, but I did. I did think it was interesting that they like they spring the the twist about pets at the end. Pets keeps trading stuff with everybody. Oh and... yeah, yeah, yeah. I did. I, I that that was an interesting little. I noticed that, but I didn't like. I didn't really know what they were doing with it. Let's lay down the thing that the show says in the first five minutes. That kind of frame. That is the framing device of the entire show, which is that. They keep cutting to news broadcasts and like people reading newspapers that basically say, hey, listen, the planet's um, going to be destroyed and the 1% plans to leave. Uh, it doesn't say this in headline form. It just says it in the way that you kind of know what's happening. The prime minister goes on TV and you know screams to the public, of course I'm not getting on a rocket and leaving the Earth. So you kind of know that she's getting on a rocket and leaving the Earth, and everybody <laughs> is. So like, that's understood. This is understood from like episode one. Um, around episode, I believe, four or five, it's kind of quietly let slip that, hey, Pets is rich. Our friend Pets is rich. What's up with her? And then, sure enough, you know, Pets is going to be getting on the rocket. Um, the show kind of quietly leads up to this with her, like, trading away her possessions. 
and she's like making weird trades mm-hmm. like and giving them weird things like pen- like pencils and crap for like whatever and she's gathering mementos of her friends so that she can have them when she leaves and um there's another part where when she realizes she's first gone um the heroine um kana the main who character, i kana yeah. who i would describe as Genki. and this is uh yeah like miss you know solve the problems let's go for it girl um she gets picked up by pet's rich mom who can't find her either and you get like and this is like one of the brilliant scenes in the show you get about two minutes in pet's like japanese mansion home and it's so obvious just from being there without saying any background about pets or like what she's up to that she has an incredibly horrendous home life and her dad's probably a monster Mm -hmm. and (laughs) you just and it's like oh that's why the show never talked about pets that's why pets never talked about herself because her life is probably hell outside of her friendships Mm -hmm. so and you know then she leaves the earth with those awful people Already, just what I brought up is way more fleshed out right, than aggressive. Yeah. Like, <laughs> th- oh, that's I, an I, actual character with an arc. Well, I think in general that that speaks to something that alternative does better, and frankly, it does it by maybe like not trying so hard to be original compared to like like progressive is trying to be like weird in a way that the original fully coolie is, but like doesn't actually end up being that weird. And, like, Alternative is kind of content to just be like, no, nah, we're just going to kind of be mostly the way, like, a fairly solid, regular anime about a bunch of high school girls would be. Yeah, it's more like they slam Haruko. Yeah, they, it's like they have one episode for each of the girls where they establish, you know, they have, like, an arc with them. And it, like, you know, it it's it's not, like, groundbreaking. It's not the most memorable thing, but you get to know them, and they actually have arcs, and they you feel like they grow closer, and, like, you grow closer to them over time. And it, it does make the, the payoff with pets actually kind of work, because you've, like, spent enough time with them that you actually kind of care about her, <laughs> at least I kind of did, right? You actually grow to care about the character before they get rid of her. What did you think about Alternative, David? Oh no, I hated it. Oh really? <laughs> yeah, yeah, David hated it. <laughs> no, because it's like it's like it's like it feels like it was written by like a Mario Kata like understudy. It is a little bit Mario Kata esque. And mm. the whole ending, like by the time like I got to the ending, I was like, "God damn it, Evan! Like <laughs> you, you've tricked me again. You've done this to yourself, you Anakin. <laughs> I played myself, is what I did. Nah, I just like I hate I hate when things end where it's like shouty friendship like power of love stuff i don't like the shout your feelings bit also let's be real that's not that far off from like the theme of fully cooly right yeah i feel i feel i mean again like i'm coming back to this word where it was like earned at least in the original flcl just because it was like very tightly directed and everything like made sense it's like just have things work that way while in this is just kind of like spinning its wheels and like eventually gets to this point and then like yes this is the idea of the show but it, it was also just too much just too much for me too fast no it was just too much time until we finally got to like the whole point and even then like i was like just not i kind of agree not sure. into like i wasn't looking for anything when i was watching an FLCL2 sequel, but to to get basically just this, which is kind of like a lot of anime has come out, a lot of things have has done this like sort of thing, 
mm-hmm. where it's like kind of kind of reaching for the tears and on top of that it's just all the fl seal bits that came into play which is like so annoying i i couldn't stand it like i mean i like <laughs> i like fl seal but like when you're just like trying to like play it to like amp up some energy or like you know just like you know pick up the pick up the pace a bit it's just like it's so it feels so cheap i actually think that 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 does make me think of something which is that really at the end of the day alternative would probably be a great show if it were not a fully coolie show like it wouldn't be my kind of show though it would be like somebody else's show like those kyoani people like <laughs> what i'm saying is if if the if you made a version of fully coolie alternative where you kept the sort of like the four girls and the the arc that you talked about dave with with pets right and you you kept like the alien stuff but you made it like a different you know you invented a new lore about like the space and the alien stuff and you didn't really ha- you don't even need haruko really she's not that important to the story no. right well you uh, know if you kind of like had had that stuff and made it a completely like original show and frankly i could use some better animation for some of the scenes uh, and some better character designs but i just mean like plot wise like that's that's not too bad a setup it's actually kind of it kind of worked but like it does feel a little like it feels a little cheap for it to be a fully coolie show it's like that could have just been its own show like <laughs> my like i, w- I want to say like the worst thing where it's like originally there was probably just going to be one flcl sequel but they had like this production kind of kicking around and not going anywhere so they figured like we'll just make a third one how about that we'll just turn this production that we've got like nothing going on into flcl alternative possible maybe Cause it just it feels so glued on every time, like that that we like come back to like FLCL content in that an alternative. Oh, you're saying you think they it's it's like for uh for like the iRobot movie, like I, they already had an idea for something <laughs> and they just they just said well we'll rebrand it fully coolly. I don't I don't think that's actually that's not how anime scripts work. It's not the same as in absolutely in Hollywood. Not, but yeah. like I would like I would like to imagine where it's just like a couple guys sitting around. It's like you know well. We kind of have this idea already. They told us to make a third one. Well, it's funny. I happen to know that the upcoming Italian dub of Furry Curly Alternative is going to be titled uh, The Funny Girls at Alien! Exclamation point, exclamation point. So, you know. <laughs> yes, I'm lying. I'm li- Podcast listeners, do not <laughs> post that information on Wikipedia. It is a lie that oh, I made true. up. <laughs> like it'll it'll say it on the it'll say it on the uh wikipedia entry like tomorrow <laughs> dave i thought what they were gonna do is it's it's gonna be kind of like robotech so they're gonna actually call it lady oscar 2 oh yeah uh, <laughs> this is a story taking place in the lady oscar universe <laughs> <laughs> for more info pick up the new lady oscar comic book miniseries from idw <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I I hear you, David. Again, I don't think that it's like the best thing, but I appreciate that they went for like a just kind of structurally and thematically in a lot of ways for something that is different from the original, but has like some of the same core ideas about like growing up, but also aliens, right? And it's like, if you just take that, like that is actually, I think, you know, you mentioned Dave before, right? Like what the, what you would expect from a Fooly Cooly sequel. And like, that's kind of what I would expect is like, kids growing up and also there's aliens and ideally the animation and the fight scenes are cool yeah it's just that you can't capture that kind of lightning in a bottle again or it won't happen with sequel projects which is i mean like the disease of the disease of fandom right that we want part two of everything whether or not right 
it's a decent idea. Yeah. And, you know, speaking as animators, uh, for animators and people who, like, and the staff members who clearly like Furry Curry, I think a lot of them liked it from the feel of the show, like, you get, you work on what you're given to work on, ultimately. And the bat, the last fight scene in Progressive is so bad that I kind of felt, like, the animator's pain in having to put that one up. <laughs> so I will say, in terms of animation, there are some uh, some pretty good, like, it, it's very hit and miss. It's not like the original, where it's like every fight scene is amazing. But there's a couple scenes, uh, I don't remember all of, you know, which specific ones, but I, I think... There's definitely a few fight scenes that really jump out that are like, oh, okay, they got like someone really good on this, and they, and they do manage to recreate some of the, it like again when I rewatch, it's it's not at, not always as good, but they recreate some of that like timing, like the timing of the fight scenes in the original Fooly Cooly, it is really something else. I had forgotten how good it is, just like where they kind of place the pauses before you know before the, the guitar hits something or whatever. And they sometimes recreate that in in both in progressive and alternative, but it's it's pretty rare. Yeah, the sequences in in four and progressive are like surprisingly good. We should mention when we talked about uh progressive, but episode five of progressive actually looks really good and has a, this like kind of th- like thick lined art style that's kind of textured and like it looks totally different from the rest of the show it's great uh and then like in the last episode they they just don't do that anymore right? and you were saying dave it's it's like some other studio or some other group of creators oh uh, that's what i episode. that's what i read about episode five but then and i think like ep- go go ahead and watch episode five of progressive like just do it yeah by itself. it looks really cool even it's i will fun. say just watch that yeah it also has a really good intro sequence that i think might be done with like paint on glass animation it's really yeah. cool looking is that what it was to bring it back to alternative one of the things that makes alternative like extremely more watchable is that it doesn't dwell nearly as much on the like the actual you know whatever space uh space lore and politics the furry and curry stuff yeah, it's it's like it's there and it's definitely there's more of it than I'd like, but it's it just kind of like lets that get out of the way for a lot of it and lets you just spend time with the characters, which is actually yeah, way like, more important. <laughs> putting it on the TV at the Soba place is a good way to kind of get that crap right. out of the way. And uh, speaking, so let's talk furry curry continuity because that's like the last spoiler. Okay, I don't know enough is, about this part, but you picked up on some aspects of this that I so I missed. Basically, the last 30 seconds of alternative lay it out for you alternative is chronologically a prequel um and progressive is chronologically a sequel which makes the u.s airing order really weird but whatever at the very ends i think i think the world actually ends and reality is warped and they're like you know another universe is born or something weird like that sure haruko jumps into like a, a time war a time hole or some crap and she see and like they flash the events of furry curry on her like on her body and you see like scenes and it's yeah, like oh okay. she's going I saw, to that I saw place. that but I thought that was like a flashback and I saw that as well she's not wearing the bracelet or anything right and she doesn't seem to have had any experience with a Tomsk right which so is the sort of like all powerful space pirate something or other that is uh like Every, he's the MacGuffin. kind of the MacGuffin of the the first series and also the MacGuffin of the second series because they're just copying it yeah, and also Atomsk is the MacGuffin of the second series, and this is the other thing because it's the finale. When Atomsk appears, and he appears like physically in the second series, he's 
incredibly unimpressive. Yeah, compared to how Which impressive is like, he is at the end of the first series. Right, it's like, okay, guys, this time we're going to finally unmask Darth Vader. And it was just yeah. like, you know, it was just like a dude, and like his face wasn't all fucked up, it was just like a dude, and he said, hi, I'm, I'm Darth Vader in a very normal voice. It would be like that. <laughs> also, he's drawn kind of sketchily. Yeah, so basically, does that mean that the... I guess the when the uh, the medical mechanica, so that's like the company that makes the robots or whatever. M- much of this is not actually that important in the original series, so which is why I don't remember a lot of the details. The irons that are like the big, you know, visual theme of the original series. I guess is that supposed to be like their first appearance ever in alternative? Yeah, because nobody knows who they are, and there's like right. a par- there's a couple parts in like the government. Um in like the government sections where they're like who are medical mechanica they're nobody's mm, we've never heard of that them. makes sense i mean frankly the the continuity was never just it was never something i paid that much attention to in fully coolly which is i think part of why i didn't even pick up on a lot of this because it was just like if i hadn't been it shouldn't even be continuity <laughs> if i hadn't been watching those last 30 seconds none of this would have come together for me and i was like oh okay this is all these are all the things that are happening that being said for bringing up all this lore and bringing up all this continuity, again, it doesn't go anywhere with any of that. Like, yeah, nothing that. happening is actually all that important, especially in Progressive, where they make a lot of noise about it being important. Alternative, they don't. It's happening in the background. Um, the end of the world is happening in the background. And that's fine. That's very teenage. That's perfect. Right, right. Yeah. It could have happened for Nauta, too, right? Well, I mean, that kind of is with the original. That's actually, in a sense, by like not copying the original, it's closer to the original in the sense mm-hmm. that there are big things going on around Naota, but he's just trying to figure out his own life inside of it. Right? Yeah, remember that that kind of apocalyptic feeling of the original of the original series. Ending? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was I was watching the one the the baseball episode of it is like very much that right it's like there's literally it's like we're playing baseball while the blimp overhead says it's time to evacuate a bomb is about to blow right. up your entire yeah. city <laughs> yeah that part okay we have some questions but I actually i just remembered i have one more point i want to make that uh i'm surprised we didn't mention yet but i guess you guys didn't go back and rewatch the original the thing that you might not remember that is like starkly different between the two is the color design like between the the new ones and the old one, mm-hmm. the new ones like the all the color design, the sort of like uh, lighting and shadows and stuff, are super just regular anime. But the uh, the original had like a it was a much more like almost colorized palette. So like scenes would be it always just felt like sunset. Yeah, scenes would be like yeah. like kind of washed in oranges or yeah, blues or whatever, right? But like everything is just really kind of flat and maybe it's like a digi paint versus See, yeah. like traditional coloring thing going on, but also I think it's just color design. I think it's just bad color design. I mean, we're just like <laughs> we're just throwing more rocks at the new yeah. series yeah. every time we like bring up something from the old series that was like memorable that is just absent in the new stuff. Because progressive is also like <laughs> aping the shots and the ambiance of furry curry and it's like doing all the sunset sunset shots, but they're also not right. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> And and I, I think there's there's something to be said for like, you know, new anime has a different look to it. 
But mm-hmm. like, l- let's be real. There are people doing very good color design work in modern anime. <laughs> like, it's not just a it's right. not a tools problem here. <laughs> it's not. Yeah, no, it's not like a generational gap right. where like oh, suddenly our colors are bad. Yeah, exactly. Have, like the right lighting designers anymore. And Progressive is trying to ape furry curry. Like, so if you're yeah, gonna so ape it, should, it... <laughs> yeah. Okay, so we have a couple questions from Twitter. I love online. I love to be online. This is one from at sign demonic devourer. All right. Very spooky Halloween uh, Twitter handle there. Yeah. I'm going to kind of paraphrase this, but uh, they're, they're asking what our thoughts are on uh, the, the references to the first fully coolly and progressive and alternative. And I think maybe if I'm, uh, if I'm inferring here, it's like, would, would you want more or less of the references in, uh, in the series? Uh, I feel like they picked that uh, old series pretty dry to the bone by the end of both of these series. Like, it was just, again and again, like, callback, callback. Like, every time that Haruko does that, that dive with the guitar, I'm, like, thinking, like, oh, well, here's the bit from the uh, that school play episode, mm-hmm. yeah. right? It's like, she's like, like, you know, but that was, like, one particular yes. shot that like really stood out in that episode and then they keep on doing it multiple times across both series yeah I'll, it's like well like Arco's just got to like run in and like hit something with a, a lot of those scenes in the original they aren't like her trademarks they're just a scene that right? they did once that was good right like the scene in the in on the top of the school, it's kind of iconic where it's like the sun's behind her and she pushes up her glasses, right? And it like shines on the right. glass or the goggles, right? And it's like that's not like the Haruko move. That's just that's just the thing that someone animated oh. in that one episode and it looked cool. Like, These are the dangers <laughs> right? of um of Fon's vacation, as it were. Which is that you're gonna have this you have this cool character that everybody loves, and it's like, well, what are her bits? And it's like as soon as you're saying like what is her th- like what is her catchphrase or like what's her thing that she does, you're already kind of screwing up Haruka because she definitely shouldn't have a bit. And yeah, she's supposed she to be unpredictable. Say, like <laughs> she shouldn't say "nya" that much at the end of her sentences. Oh man, the yeah. They actually also did a lot of. Uh, there was a lot of copying like that specific scene in uh, episode five, the brittle bullet, the Imaishi episode where she like yells out daikon and like a bunch of references while fighting and they did that multiple times like in she different does that fights. every episode and all yeah basically every episode she actually does it every week it's like her thing <laughs> michael bay yeah like, yeah and it's like they like they like just clipped out like a bunch of like mumbly like noises that she makes in the original series and like well here are your bits do these right right yeah so so less reference good, I believe. Yeah, I, I wish they had not. I mean, frankly, I wish they didn't even have Haruko in it, to be honest. I <laughs> like, would have been completely happy if Haruko wasn't around. I think it would have it would have been interesting if they maybe like, you know, if they wanted to keep an element of it, if they had a new alien, right? Who wasn't Haruko. They tried to do that. And then they also. Put right. Haruko but yeah, if they just. Oh, and then the new one. alien was kind of awful. Um, yeah. Kind of no personality <laughs> at all. Just boring. But cool sunglasses. I mean, Haruko isn't the only character who could theoretically be wild and unpredictable, right? It doesn't have to be her job. And I'm not even talking about, like, writing Haruko out at this point. It's just, like, can't you have another catalyst for the action at this point? Like, not one who... Mm -hmm. Or at the very least, have Haruko not be this, again, 
fawns out like fucking caricature <laughs> like where you know haruko walks in and hits the jukebox and it starts playing yeah, pillows. right we have another question from uh from our buddy at sign final fury k tom so i haven't watched this yet and i have relatively positive feelings for the original mostly about the music how essential viewing is this so we didn't really answer this for people so like if you liked the original fully coolly should you watch these when we're saying essential viewing, it like makes it, you know, like like top lists kind of stuff. Right. <laughs> so no, neither no. of these neither of these is essential viewing work. I'd say one is skippable and the other is fine. That's like not really, you know, on my shelf with Millennium Actress. Right. <laughs> 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 yeah, don't waste shelf space on this. Yeah, your shelf should actually just be taken up with multiple copies of Millennium Actress because it's out of print. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Hold on to those. Mine just has copies of Charge Man Ken, so I don't know. I don't know what it's like to have a regular shelf. Um, I I agree, and I would say if you are a fan of Fooly Cooly and you like somewhat feel the urge to watch this, uh, like you can. It's not the it's not like that worst thing, and they're pretty short, right? They're only six episodes. But I will say I don't think they add anything to fully coolly you know it's not even like oh they're flawed but like it kind of adds there's an interesting layer to the like you learn more about haruko like not really not in like an interesting way like we, we were kind of getting at at least for dave and i like the only real redeeming part of this is that they tell a somewhat interesting story about four brand new unrelated characters so like it's not really necessary that was honestly the best i was hoping for from this remake project right that like oh maybe the characters who aren't haruko will be interesting but they're curiosities. If you are curious after hearing all this, then, you know, go nuts. Live your life. I watch bad I watch bad to mediocre stuff all the time, especially at the start of an anime season. Yeah. <laughs> when there's so much of it, and you can just kind of, you know, like, right. sure, no, my, my sister, my writer, yeah, wow, uh, this was terrible. Yeah, this was complete <laughs> shit. But then sometimes you watch the first episode of Zombieland Saga, and then it's all made Oh, yeah, it. it was fantastic. Yeah. Everybody was happy. <laughs> I didn't want to watch something that had zombie in the title. When I showed it to my friends, it had zombie in the title. So they were like, Dave, really? We're going to, we're going to watch it. We're going to watch something this played out. And I said, don't worry. Yeah. Don't worry about it. It'll be fine. It was, it was a little bit like the time I showed everybody Keijo. Oh boy. Huge hit. hit. Everybody loved it. (laughs) All right. Ink's not on the show to be like number one Keijo defender. All right. Well, I think I think that's it for for us. We kind of gave our our final thoughts there on Fooly Cooly. It's final from me. You can't bring me to like talk about this. Yeah. I definitely, I definitely won't think about Furry Curry Progressive again in my life. Yeah, yeah. never. This is like this is a wrap. I'll only think about the fact that someone uh, accused them of stealing the uh, the headphone design. <laughs> Which was very yeah. funny. Oh, yeah. <laughs> controversy. The controversy. Oh my god. That like very made good. it onto websites and shit. And it's like, I drew that picture. <laughs> Alright, but before we head out, Dave, where can people find your stuff? So you can find my comic at koikashan.moe. But it's been a while since I put anything there because I'm super busy doing game stuff and anime stuff right now for Polygon. Um, you're gonna see my guide for Soul Calibur Six go up pretty soon. And um, over at the Verve blog, I have restarted, if you guys remember me from Anime News Network, I have restarted the, uh, old, toy, the old toy review column. We are calling it Plastic Love now. Nice. And um, I've, already, yes. I've already gotten in two toy reviews. Um, I'm going to be doing them every two weeks. 
I've got my photo studio right next to me. I'm gonna I'm starting work on the next one. Um, we're gonna be you know doing Figmas and Nendroids and weird stuff, and it's been a lot of fun. And also our photo setup, if you remember the NN column, my new photo setup is significantly better. So <laughs> so you can have good photos of good toys, and um, that's been a lot of fun. Um, I'm on for I'm on that for a while. We'll see how. If you look at it a lot, if you yeah. look at it a bunch, <laughs> then I will stay on. So <laughs> I'm happy to see that's back. I remember when you were doing Astro Toy over at uh... Ryan's in and out. All right. So David and I are writing for Otaku USA magazine. Uh, I am updating animeburgertime.tumblr.com sometimes. And I just finished up or we, we just finished up uh, the third season of Anime Academy which is all about animation uh, that is Crunchyroll's YouTube, like educational anime YouTube series. Uh, I hosted a couple episodes and I wrote the whole third season. Go check that out. And David, you've got your video game stream, twitch.tv slash uwu small bean Saturday nights. What are you playing? <laughs> I finally got you to say it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, we got a new, we got a new thing coming yeah. up. Uh, I'm not going to spoil anything. Oh, all right. Anything. Tune in, folks. <laughs> And uh, as for this show, you can check out show notes, blog posts, and uh, a link to the official Anigamers Discord on anigamers.com. Email us questions, responses, and topic suggestions, if you'd like, to podcast at anigamers.com. And, you, and uh, we're on Twitter. I am uh, at sign VAMPTVO, V-A-M-P-T-V-O. I am at sign QX20XX. And uh, the Anigamers uh, Twitter is uh, anigamers, one word. Dave, did you mention your Twitter? I didn't, because it's at Sasuriger. There you go. Uh, and David and I are on Mastodon at vamptvo at mastodon.social and 20xx at karo.ccsakura.jp. And finally, our episodes are available on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Music. And we could always use more reviews on uh, on iTunes if you can uh, spare a little bit of time to help your buddies out. Is the deal still on where we like do live readings? We no. will do live readings of funny re- uh, reviews that you leave on iTunes. So please feel free to do it. Thank you so much for listening, and thank you, Dave, for coming on the show. We will see you all in uh, about two weeks with another episode. Later. See y'all. If I hadn't been dragged into Anime Club in, like, junior high, I wouldn't be doing any of this shit. Oh. They got you, I was pulled into a room... Yeah, exactly. I was pulled into a room at 12 and told to watch these VHS tapes, and it was over from there. Yeah. Got another one.